The Nerd and Me Podcast presents The Week in Geek with your anchors, Alan and Jonathan, with the five-day forecast, The Weather Wizard, and Casey Jones on Sports. Good evening, this is Alan, and welcome to The Week in Geek. Jonathan, what's our top story? Now, our top story this week is in the wake of the death of Stan Lee and all the outpouring of love from the Hollywood community, there always has to be that one guy. <laughs> that one guy. And that one douche <laughs> was Bill Maher, <laughs> who I guess does some kind of political show on some channel. Right. And nobody watches or feels relevant anymore. Anyway, Bill Maher said, deep, deep mourning for a man who inspired millions to, I don't know, what, watch a movie, I guess. And then he continued to go on by drawing a connection between comic readers and Trump becoming president. I don't think it's a huge stretch to suggest that Donald Trump could only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important. Kind of belittling the whole hobby. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah, like, why is everybody making such a big deal of Stan Lee dying? You know, he wrote a couple of comic books and he appeared for two seconds in a lot of movies. Uh, so when this came out, a bunch of creators came out and, and kind of pushed back against what he was saying. Greg Capullo, who uh, is probably best known for being an artist on Batman, he says, I never speak on topics I know little or nothing about. Why? I never wanted to be the fool. In other words, I don't want to make a Bill Maher out of myself. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Busiek. Busiek. Remember him? Yes, sir. Uh, Bill Moore's an idiot, commenting out of ignorance and assuming that all comments are like the ones he read as a child, and there's nothing to them but what he perceived, and there and there's nothing to them but what he perceived as a child. But then that's what he often does. Gail Simone, probably for me, best known for Birds of Prey back in the day. Here's the thing: even if you don't care about comics, uh, Bill Moore saw a mass of people grieving and thought, "Hey, can, how can I make this about me?" Probably all anyone needs to know, really. <laughs> uh, Scott Snyder, another famous Batman writer. LOL, Bill Maher gets upset because nobody will mourn him when he dies. <laughs> I like that, <laughs> I like that true. one. Neil Gaiman, very famous for many things, but I guess in the comic world for Sandman. Maher's just trolling and lots of people are rising to the troll. More people care about Stanley's death than care about Bill Maher alive. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Frank Terry, who's written a bunch of, I think Punisher for some reason. Punisher came to mind. Really, people? Who gives a S what Bill, what professional a-hole Bill Maher has to say? F him. <laughs> I didn't even know he still had a show. <laughs> uh, oh, and by the way, notice how he didn't have too much trouble with comic books when he collected a check for Iron Man 3. And then he posted a picture of, of him with a little cameo in Iron Man 3. Hmm. Other creators took a more comical approach to their thoughts. G. Willow Wilson, Bill Maher has done the impossible, gotten the entirety of comic fandom to agree on something. Tom Taylor, Bill Maher, dismissed the entire storytelling medium. Wow, he's so highbrow. His brow is so high, there's probably less room for in mind. <laughs> then Tom King, who is currently writing Batman, summed it up this way. He posts a picture of Stan Lee and a quote by Stan Lee. But unlike a team of costume supervillains, they can't be halted with a punch in the snoot or a zap from a ray gun. The only way to destroy them is to expose them. He's talking about bigots. Hmm. To reveal them for the insidious evils they really are. The bigot is an unreasoning hater, one who hates blindly, fanatically, indiscriminately. If his hang-up is black men, he hates all black men. If a redhead, and so on and so forth. And then he posts a picture of Bill Maher with Donald Trump from years ago, because Trump's looking very young in this picture, saying, 
it's refreshing to have a politician who's always walking everything back and who isn't completely pre-programmed, Mar, in a recent interview with The Post and Courier. That's his genius, talking about Trump. He doesn't apologize for anything. He's the king of brushing things off his shoulder. And this is what's attractive about him. I have to say, as somebody who did a show, and then he just goes on and on and on. So, yeah. So he got a lot of junk from people. And, you know, usually people apologize or kind of, you know, restate what they said to clarify their remarks. Uh, Bill Maher did not do that, Alan. What do you do? He was on, uh, I guess, Larry King has a show called Larry King Now, apparently. Okay. So he was on it the next day, I believe. And this is reporting from comic book resources. The community political commentator said that he just found out about the negative backlash his comments have received from creators and fans, and that such reactions have only cemented his point. He acknowledges that his comments weren't a swipe against Lee, calling himself agnostic about the former Marvel icon, but that his comments were more about current comic book culture and its popularity today. The culture that thinks that comic books and comic book movies are profound mediations or meditations on the human condition is a dumb effing culture. His online post titled Adulting Reads. And then he restates, I don't think it's a huge stress to suggest that Donald Trump can only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important. Stanley's company, POW, released a letter condemning his remarks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call it frankly disgusting, his opinion, and, and everybody has the right to an opinion, but to do it in such a way in regards to that, because people grieving a man is kind of silly. He's the author of millions of happy childhood memories He's talking about Stanley and a provider of so many of the positive tools of adulthood. Statement concludes with a classic enough said, but not before reminding Mar of the power of his media presence. That should adhere to one of these greatest lessons. With great power comes great responsibility. So there you go. Yeah, I just, whichever creator said it, a new game, I think, it does sound like he was trolling and just wanted to rankle some people up and eh, mission accomplished. Yeah. yeah. But there's always that, that one guy, you know? Like, Nobody said a bad thing about, you know, Stanley or Stanley passing and then he's got to come up. It's just. There's always one. What's the Batman quote? Some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it is. It's Mr. Bill Ma. That's him. So anyway, he got the, uh, he got the comic book world in a tizzy over his remarks. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess he's on TV. I, I don't pay much to that guy. Yeah, I never did. He was, wasn't he originally, was he, wasn't he a stand-up comic? Yeah, that's how he started. Then he got politically incorrect. Oh, okay, whole, gotcha. Now his whole persona is based around politics. Okay, good for him. But anyway, you know, that's Jerk. <laughs> just unnecessary. <laughs> it is unnecessary, right. What's that saying that you were taught as a kid? If you don't, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And the right guy, you know, Stanley passed away. I mean, world, worldwide exposure, a lot of people knew who he was. Touch people of all ages. They had to say stuff like that. Well, you know what? It worked. He got he got in the news. Yeah, that's true. But it is funny. What was the what was the quote? More people were aware of Stan's death than Bill Marvin. That's my favorite. Who said that one? Yeah. I think it was Gaiman. That's okay. why he's a great writer. Yeah, gotta retweet <laughs> that one. <laughs> all right. All right, and he was uh, Stan was laid to rest on November the sixteenth, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, in a private service. I heard that they're going to do a, a public one also. Yeah, probably like a memorial or something. Who Marvel or? I think Powell was going to set it up. Powell was going to do something. Okay. Yeah, that would be pretty cool if, if people 
I, I know this sounds weird. For me, I thought it'd be pretty cool people dressed up. You know, oh, like as, his, as his different heroes? Yeah. Like his well, character's think, got to say goodbye to him, for example. Yeah. Well, I, my thing, I, what I always wanted to do was, not wanted to do, but one of my thinkings was like the last, his last uh, cameo in Avengers 5 or 4. What are we up to? 4. Mm-hmm. Could be him with either, you know, with Cap, uh, assuming Cap dies in the movie, with him like kind of meeting Cap oh. in, the, in that tunnel of light and just walking him. You know what I mean? Ooh, wow. To the end and saying something like, good job, or whatever, or right. something like that. Or all the heroes, you know, or all of them in their costume, like meeting Stanley, and just, he can say something profound or something. Right, right. And then walk away. Hey, you never know. Yeah. You you know, never well, know. well he, he did film one, I think, for Avengers 4. Yeah. So, that one, I, I believe, maybe Captain Marvel 2, so. And I think he did plan for that to be his last camera like i don't think he was going to be in spider-man homecoming or any of the other i mean homecoming 2 or any of the post avengers 4 movies. right okay all right yeah, that's peace. our only big story this week yes rest in peace mr lee mm-hmm. uh, that was our only big story for the week it's been a slow news week alan what, what time is it oh uh, <laughs> yes it is <laughs> it is that time Yes, sir. Well, it's time to hit it. Hit it. Yeah. There you go. It's coming, Alan. My my yearly two month cold is coming. I can feel it in my throat. Oh no. You feel it? <laughs> That's three months of coughing now. I need a lozenge. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alan, the Birds of Prey movie has an official title. Oh. Like to hear it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what happened basically was. Uh, Margaret Robbie, who plays Harley Quinn, tweeted the cover to her script or, or Instagram the cover to her script. Now, a lot of people thought this was a fake name, but turns out it's true. You ready? Yeah. It's called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know how to respond to that one. I noticed. Good title, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I mean, that's the current working title. I wonder if that'll be on the movie poster. It, it, it doesn't grab me. Let's put it that way. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they better be careful because look what the title of Shawshank Redemption did to that movie's box office. Oh, yeah. Good point. Very good <laughs> that was, point. That was a great movie. Yeah. But the title threw people off. And the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Hmm. I don't know. It reminds me of that uh, Jesse James movie with Brad Pitt. The, you ever hear the title of that one? Mm-mm. Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford is the full name of the movie. Yikes. It was a good movie. I, I've never heard that full title before. It was a long one, too. Mm. But it was a good movie. Yeah. But uh, it, I think you got you know, you, you got to be able to put it up on a marquee. And it's got to look good on a poster, right? <laughs> yeah. Some of these small oh. movie theaters have only a certain amount of letters, you know. <laughs> They're still using the, the letters that you pop in and out of. So. Yeah, why not? Funny. <laughs> I think this one deserves a poll. I'm going to put this on, on Instagram. What do you think of the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, good or bad? Right, and the. <laughs> and the, yeah. Psycho All right, so as we know, Margot Robbie will be Harley Quinn. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is uh, Helena Bertinelli or Huntress. Hugh McGregor is Black Mask. Who? Who's it again? You and McGregor. No, before that. 
Mary Elizabeth Winstead's playing Helena Bertinelli or the Huntress. Oh, I thought you said Valerie same, Bertinelli. Oh, no. Sorry. You and <laughs> would Valerie Bertinelli play Valerie Bertinelli? Maybe. <laughs> uh, we love you, Val, but we're going younger. You uh, and McGregor is Black Mass. Journey Smollett Bell is Dinah Lance or Black Canary. Uh, Rosie Perez is Renee Montoya. And this is my little side quick hit. Ella J. Bosco is Cassandra Kane. Now, does the name Bosco mean anything to you? No. Do you remember a little movie from 1992 called Hook? Yes. Do you remember a young Filipino gentleman starring in the movie Hook? Oh, yeah. Rufio. <laughs> All right. Well, Miss Ella, Ella J. Bosco is uh, his, name? his name. Some Bosco niece. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, he's a very proud uncle. He's also the goddaughter. She's the goddaughter, I mean. And uh, he posted on Instagram. Oh. The <laughs> Very nice. He was played by Dante Bosco. Okay. Rufio. All right. Sonic Quicket. Sonic Quicket. All right. Quicket. News that shocked the pants off of me. What? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got renewed for season seven. Oh. Season six hasn't come out yet. Yeah. That one shocked me too. Yeah. So I did a little research because I was like, what? <laughs> when you got Luke Cage and Iron Fist getting canceled in season two, how does S.H.I.E.L.D. get a seventh season before the sixth one even premieres? I'll tell you how, Alan. Tell me. Apparently, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is huge overseas. No, really? Huge, like bigger than the DC Arrowverse, the TV verse. Yeah, bigger than most any other superhero related shows out there. Okay, huge overseas. Wow, it's a shield. Disney is premiering season six in the summer of 2019. Which, if you're a summer show in America, that usually means you're not very good. Yeah, they're getting to season seven. It's amazing. You know, there's something that probably you and I just don't understand anymore because this shield season coming up and Venom doing well overseas. There's just something that I don't think you and I see anymore. Well, I think it's, we grew up in a world where overseas box office and overseas TV ratings didn't matter. It wasn't that huge of a market. Mm, right. China, open, especially with China opening up. Yeah. Because that's a huge deal. Now. Like, I read a news report about the Enter the Spider-Verse was given, you know, like China was going to let it open in China. And they're like going crazy. They're like, woo! Like, <laughs> Sony's going nuts about that because they're looking at the box office. And in the reverse, Han Solo had a, a bad opening in um, China and kind of tanked the movie for worldwide. Mm, I see what you mean now. Apparently, China has become a market that is very, very lucrative. Uh, um, even if you look at some of the Marvel movies, they, they'll insert Chinese characters for that reason to appeal more to the Chinese audience. So China has become a huge player in the, in, the, in the entertainment market. You know, there was a point in time, I believe, when uh, that Wolverine film, uh, Wolverine Origins, is that what it was called? What, the one because of Japan? No, with Deadpool, with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Origins. Origins, yeah. I remember that, That I mean, I know it had bad ratings too, but they also said that it tanked a lot because of a lot of the piracy that was going on because it was being uh, released in China first. So it's, it's oh, really oh, amazing. Pirated in China? Yeah. 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 You know, okay. Maybe I shouldn't say China. Let's just say outside the country, for example, okay. that people weren't going to theaters because they were finding it 
pirated online and you can watch it online and stuff. That's why I find it pretty fascinating to see that like over in China that they're still getting huge numbers even though they could easily, you know, make copies of this of this movie and not having to pay for it. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, but, well, good yeah, for them. Well, yeah. And so, uh, a related quick hit because you brought hit. it up. Uh, Venom. Yeah. <laughs> Venom is more successful than any of the X-Men movie, and that's including Deadpool's. <laughs> it is currently at over 750, I think. 750 yeah. million worldwide. Uh, Deadpool hit 780. They think it's they think it's definitely going to surpass that, making it one of Sony's best superhero movies after. It should surpass Spider-Man 1, which blows my mind. Yeah. But uh, not Spider-Man 3, which in and of itself blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, right. Spider-Man 3 made that much money. Yeah, uh, yeah so it doesn't look like Spider-Man's going to be leading Sony anytime soon with these numbers. Wow. And again, it's the overseas market. It's made something like $250 million here in the U.S. And it's already made, it's only been over two weekends in China. Uh, well, two weeks, I guess. And it's made $207 million already. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And then okay. worldwide brought in the other three. So Wow. Who would have so, thought that the, the the Chinese market would dictate how we'd run things in Hollywood? Not me. But yeah. I, okay. It's not just China. I mean, we're giving China a lot of credit, but it is the global market. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing, Alan. All we got to do is make a movie that appeals to the world. They could take in the U.S. <laughs> True. Okay. All right. All right. Quick. You got some news on. I guess so. Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, Ghostbusters 3 is currently in the works if you're a fan of the Ghostbusters franchise, not including the latest iteration, which did very poorly in the box office and even overseas. How about that? Dan Aykroyd recently was on a talk show talking about a working script. He does have something that he's working on. He's, he's really pushing for this one to really revitalize it, I guess. And he said, really, the only thing that's really holding them back currently right now is still... Bill Murray, because Bill Murray felt that the original movies were, were fine, good, done, no need to do any more. But uh, basically, um, Dan Aykroyd said this is a script where he won't resist or can't resist. So cross your fingers if you're into it. You never know. This could actually happen. Jonathan, are you looking for a Ghostbusters 3 with the original cast without, you know, Egon, of course? No. Okay, there you go. And Bill, Bill Murray's been a pain in the butt about this since the beginning. He's he's always been the reason they haven't done the Ghostbusters 3. <laughs> yeah. It's not Dan Aykroyd and, and Ernie Hudson. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, if they, I, I think it was last week we talked about, uh, oh, yeah, Toy Story 4, the Search for More Money. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a cash grab at this point. Yeah. There's no reason to bring back the original <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah, well, I hear you. I, I don't think they can bring back the original Ghostbusters without making it a a parody a of joke. itself, right? A joke or a parody of itself. And yeah. at that point, why would you do it? Right. Hence the reason why probably Bill Murray doesn't want to do it. Yeah, it's probably smart enough. Yeah. Okay. Especially after the failure of the last Ghostbusters movie, you think they'd learn? Yeah. Okay. All right. Quick. Oh boy, here's some casting news. On the Supergirl TV series, they're bringing Lex Luthor in. Guess who's playing Lex Luthor? Tell me. Mr. John Cryer. Who? Ducky from Pretty in Pink. 
Well, that's or menacing. As, uh, <laughs> our younger our younger fans might know him as the uh, other guy on Two and a Half Men. That wasn't Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Lux Luthor. You might as well get okay. the white. Quick hit. Quick hit. Wow, that's a weird choice. It really is. Even bald is a weird choice. <laughs> you got to hand it to Marvel. They do a really good job of, of casting. Casting, yeah. Like the, who's the dude that plays uh, Wilson Fisk? D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Dude, that's that's an intimidating bad guy right there. Anyway. Oh my god, he's scary, freaky. Yeah, that, that's uh, a great know, the, cast. The DC TV universe is, is gangbusters. It's doing well, so yeah. And, and I like their casting of heroes, at least. Right. All right. Quick it. Quick it. The Brian Michael Bendis, famed writer, famed Marvel writer, who just jumped ship to DC recently, is premiering a Young Justice comic book in January, I believe. Okay. And that is, can I tell you? What? Can I tell you that is not the quick hit I wanted to talk about? <laughs> okay. Why? Because I just wrote down Young Justice, right? Right. Oh, I got gotcha. you. It was for the cartoon that's coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Anyway, Brian Michael Bennis is coming out with a comic book, Young Justice, bringing back the young teenage heroes. Coincidentally, Alan, what? DC Universe streaming service will be premiering Young Justice Season 3 on January the 4th, 2019. Young Justice Season 1 and 2, whereas a cartoon from like 2013, I think, and 2014. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really good show. I enjoyed it immensely. Really? It's currently on the DC Universe streaming service, and they added a new season, season three. It's premiering in January. So, so I quick it. Quick review. D- d- are you enjoying your, your DC online stuff? Don't you mean quick review? Quick reviews. Uh, honestly, I'm watching it for, I mean, my first two weeks, I was like, I won't say I was binging, but I was watching parts of things. I wouldn't watch the whole episode. Oh, yeah. Because there's a reason they were made in the 70s. Or like, I watched the first episode of Wonder Woman. I'm like, well, that was nice. And, you know, halfway through it, I turned it off. <laughs> I don't read comics on TV because it's just weird for me. I mean, I could read them on my iPad, I guess. Okay. But I just don't. Uh, what else? Uh, I, no, that's not true. I mean, I'm, I've watched some an- Batman animated episodes. I've watched, I, I'm in the middle of season one of Young Justice. Uh, I watched some super. I watched all the challenges of Super Friends because that was my favorite season of Super Friends. Right. With the Legion of Doom. But after you would, you know, let's say you got that out of your And I watched Titans every week. Uh, okay. All right. So you're happy. And, uh, I'm happy with it. Yeah. I mean, okay. I didn't pay a lot. You know, I paid $75 for 15 months. And right. the new stuff's coming out. You know, Young Justice, Doom Patrol. Um, there's a Harley Quinn cartoon coming out. So as they roll stuff, original content out, I think it's good. But it's nice to know, like, oh, no, I watched Superman 2 also on there, I think. Okay. Yeah. So. So yeah, definitely. If you're a diehard die DC fan, this you're going to be very pleased. Yeah, and I, I think as hopefully they'll start getting their other movies on. Like I would watch Batman vs Superman on there if it was on there. Okay. But they got they got to get more, and when they can eventually get their DC universe, their Arrowverse shows on there, that might be helpful too. Okay. But they had oh my god, they had remember I don't know if you remember, but like in 2001 or 2002. There was a Birds of Prey one season show. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's on there. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Fabulous. Um, I mean, it's not Disney Plus because they're going to have a whole lot of content. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think anyway. they got me. Okay. Quick. Let's, let's, let's stay on DC. 
Let's talk about Superman. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Superman's 40th anniversary. We mentioned this, oh boy, a few tweaks back, but they are re-releasing Superman 1 in select theaters. So you have to go to Fathom Events and check it out. The dates are November 25th, 27th, and December 3rd. So check it out. I I plan on going. I plan on going to see this. I want to bring my daughter to this one to see, so 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 she can see this movie. To me, for me, my personal opinion, this is one of my man all time favorite superhero movies. I think it stands today. It's it's the Superman that, that I always think of when I think of Superman in the movies. It's it's one I always compare all other Superman to. So uh, I, I'd love to see this in the theaters again and, and and see what my daughter's take on it. Has she seen it yet? Like on. She's TV, seen video. it like like a lot of movies that I've seen in the past. It's on, you know. I don't think she's actively sat and watched it from be- beginning to end. Okay, you know because uh, it's a long movie. Uh, Superman's like it, I think runtime's like two and a half hours. It's it's a pretty long movie. I'm gonna go see it. Yeah, and remember, like when you watch Superman the movie from the very beginning up until he turns into Superman. It's like a legit serious movie, you know, with the landscape and, you know, everything. Like, it doesn't feel like a comic book. Well, it begins uh, with Krypton, right? It begins in Krypton, yeah, and then his life basically in Smallville. But even how oh, it's filmed yeah. sounds, I mean, it looks and feels like a real serious drama kind of movie until, boom, hits Metropolis and all of a sudden it turns into a comic book. Yeah, you better prepare your daughter because this was a 70s movie where they spent a lot of time on... There's a lot of time where nothing's really going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so prepare for that. That's what <laughs> you know. When, when's when is the twenty? What did you say? The twenty fifth, twenty fifth, twenty seven, and three. So next week. So you have to go so, on. Uh huh. Yeah, twenty fifth is a su- is Sunday. Twenty mm-hmm. seventh is Tuesday, and then December third is a Monday. Those are weird days. I get, well, yeah. I mean, if you go to if you go to Fathom Events, apparently, you know, I've never done this before going to Fathom yeah. Events, but they got. Almost every day is a little bit of something. Like they just, I think they just did Die Hard in the movie theaters and stuff. Did they really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Check I'm it out. See that. Check. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm looking at the Superman right. My place has it on uh, Sunday, three o'clock and seven o'clock. Tuesday, three o'clock. Oh no, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Anyway, yeah, three and seven, three and seven, three. So maybe I'll go Sunday at three. Yeah, only select theaters. So you definitely have to go to FathomEvents.com and figure out where it's being played by you. It's not in the hall uh, theater. <laughs> Alan, guess, guess which franchise you're going to see on the big screen coming soon? What? It's Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry. Oh, right on. <laughs> uh, they In Hollywood, they put up a billboard at General Mills, the cereal company, that I'm assuming owns those mascot rights, put up a billboard asking for creative people, credentialed creative people to go to a website and apply to help bring Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry to modern media. You mean like like a storyline? Yes. So they're soliciting submissions. Hmm. Very interesting. Or I guess assuming a cartoon or a movie or something. Would this be the first serial to hit the big screen? Hmm. Captain Crunch. Uh That's a good question. Hmm. Okay, first time for everything. Maybe, but why? Yeah, right, but why? Tell me why. Good point. Well, geez, they're running out of ideas. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, they've exhausted everything 80s practically. Now let's go hit the breakfast cereals. 
That's would you see a Frankenberry movie? No. The worst part is that we're trying to do a um, a shared universe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the the website is workwiththemonsters.com. Okay. And it says we are calling all filmmakers, actors, agents, writers, producers, animators, taste makers, deal makers, movers, and shakers. We want to work with you to bring great stories to life. From mythical fables to magical journeys, fairy tales to folk tales, cliffhangers to nail biters, heroic sagas to cosmic battles, binge-worthy dramas or historic epics, blockbusters to indies, serials to sequels, serials, S-E-R-I-A-L-S. Hmm. Together, let's captivate the hearts and minds of teens and adults. This isn't a contest. This isn't a pitch for free ideas. We humbly submit this brief to you, Hollywood. How it works, let's talk business. You have the next blockbuster plot. We have the legacy characters. Okay. Oof. All right. Uh, cartoon form, I could say. Yeah. But other than that, I, I don't know. Are they relevant? No. When you told me about that, this article, I was like, is that even a serial anymore? I don't, I don't think I even see it. They're, they're there, but you kind of got, well, I mean, it's not that we look for it either. But, yeah, you know, because as adults, I need to keep up with my Cheerios and, like, you know, the non-sugar stuff, you know? Yeah. All I use uh honey bunches of oat. Yeah. <laughs> an old man. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll splurge on some Fruity Pebbles, but that's fine. <laughs> Your daughter, did she, when you, I'm assuming when you raised her, you give her all the sugary cereals our parents No, she doesn't eat that stuff. <laughs> it's like balls of sugar with color. Our parents are so negligent. <laughs> they didn't realize. Come on. I don't, I'm not mad at them. I love all the stuff I grew up with. <laughs> all right, yeah, so Count Chocolate, Blueberry, Frankenberry. And wasn't there a Wolfman? Fruit Brute, I think his name was. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah. Well, anyway. Did you have a favorite amongst the three? Uh, Count Chocolate. Blueberry. You know what's funny? I wanted Blueberry. My mom would never buy me Blueberry. Why? Yeah, I don't know why she never bought me Blueberry. So growing up, Blueberry was like this... I'm an adult. I can buy blueberry. Oh my God. <laughs> right. I just realized that. <laughs> you eat it, and let's give a review on it next week on your experience. I will do that. I don't think I've ever had Frankenberry either. Wow. Deprived child. You've had all three, and you, blueberry's your favorite? Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, a lot. Oh, my God. I'm going to go eat blueberry cereal. <laughs> it's just what makes it funner than marshmallows. Come on, man. Yeah. Well, remember how... Well, this is a whole other... We have to, this might have to be an actual... Dirty me show. <laughs> yeah. You know, right off the top of my head, I'm, I'm thinking cookie crisp already. Oh my gosh. There you go. All right. All right. Cereals. Podcast. Cereals. Put on the list. Put on the list. All right. Okay. Quick it. Way off the rails today, dude. <laughs> Slow. It's the holiday season. Yeah. Amazon Prime members were given the opportunity to buy tickets to Aquaman when they went on sale earlier this week. Not only were they able to buy the tickets, but they're going to be able to see the show a week earlier than everybody else. Did you get yours? I got mine. Well, and the funny thing is, my brother's an Amazon Prime member, and I'm not, and, and it required a lot of wheeling and dealing to get that <laughs> password out of him. <laughs> now uh, you got it. Yeah, but he's also got my credit card number on his saved Amazon preferred okay. payments. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going December 15th. Yeah, thanks Apple. for reminding me. I have to do mine also. You have to buy your tickets, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm excited because they released their last tra- the last trailer earlier this week. It looks like a fun movie. Cool. It's certainly not Snyderverse Dark. Well, so that's okay. Good. That's fine. <laughs> 35 years ago, 1983, I pooped my pants watching a TV show. The mo- the well, I guess, would this be it called a TV, TV movie. movie? Yeah. Uh, the Day After. It's about, how would you describe it? I guess what it'd be like it's about if... nuclear war. <laughs> yeah, what it'd be like if a nuclear bomb hit the United States, right? 
Right. So basically, it was it was two days. It was the day of an attack between. The oh, States you're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it, you know, people. It basically just you saw the main characters how they lived their daily lives, and then just for I don't even know if they give a reason or who shot first, but one of the most uh, memorable scenes was the the missiles like because they were in like Kansas or something like that and like people standing outside their houses and just seeing all these missiles launching oh my god do you remember that scene I do so the bombs hit and and it's more than one bomb it's just there's yeah, the whole country gets wiped out pretty much. And it's literally the, the story then continues with the day after the day after the bomb hits, what happens. Right. You know, it, it follows some, I think there was a doctor or people that work at a hospital and just the survivors and what happens to them afterwards. Yeah, the, the big names I remember is Steve Gutenberg and John Lithgow, but I don't remember anybody else. I just remember, I just remember this movie really terrified me because when you think about like, you know, I kind of, I guess what a bomb does, but when you think what a nuclear nuclear bomb does, the devastation, how quick it happens. I remember my teacher saying, it's like flipping a light switch. It's that quick. And yeah. that gave me nightmares. Well, the thing is, they talk about how for, it's worse for the survivors, because if you die, you die in the flesh. Oh, yeah. You know, but the survivors, the radiation poisoning, oh, and sure. the sickness and all that stuff. And yeah. uh, Jason Robards was in it, Joe Beth Williams, Steve Gutenberg, John Lithgow, Amy Madigan. So these are all pretty... Decent names. And if you didn't grow up in that time, I mean, I was what, 11 in, in 83, 10 maybe, if it was before my birthday. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, we were pretty close. It felt like we were, if you watch the news, it felt like we were pretty close to nuclear war. Yeah, the potential was there. And, and I think yeah. that's what added to it, that this could have been a possibility. It was very well, scary. Whole, yeah, and the whole point of the movie was to, to kind of show people, not just uh, regular people, well, yeah, regular people and to put pressure on the politicians like you know let's avoid this if we can right um, i believe president reagan at the time got a private screening of it Oof. it was a big deal yeah this was a big deal yeah and it, it, i it gave me i don't know if it gave me nightmares but i remember this movie very i only saw it once obviously and i remember it very very well yeah yeah, yeah and there was one scene because jason robards i think was the doctor and he was driving because they were all, everybody was trying to get home because you know the alarms were going off and stuff, and he was outside of Kansas City, and then like one just hits Kansas, a bomb hits Kansas City directly, Bam. and it just goes. You see the mushroom cloud and everything. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I think it's available on YouTube. Well, that's crazy. But yeah, thirty-five years ago. Uh, okay. Take it. Scott Derrickson, who directed the Doctor Strange movie, and I believe is directing Doctor Strange two, uh, unfortunately lost his house in the California wildfires. But he did post on his Instagram that he did save the Eye of Agamotto, the actual prop used in the Doctor Strange movie. And I'm assuming it's the same one used in Avengers Infinity War, or maybe they made a new one for it. I'm not sure. Hmm. But yeah, so he was able to save that and some other things of his own personal property. But he did lose his house. Wow. Well, as long as he got the Eye of Agamotto, I guess. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, you like that? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Knight, who's directing the forthcoming Bumblebee movie, is rumored to be directing or in contention to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, okay. Fun. I haven't seen Bumblebee yet, but I'm assuming it looks good. It does look good. And from his directing, I can tell who the robots are, so it's already a step above all the other ones. Yeah. I'm, I, I, this is definitely the first Transformers you know, movie that I'm actually looking forward to. 
You're kind of excited, you can say. I am, based on the trailers alone. Man, the last ones were just for me. They just weren't for me. That's all. And, well, Bumblebee is very nostalgic too. I think it takes place in the in the 80s, right? I'm not sure. And he's got his uh, yeah, because this is kind of like a prequel, is it not? Yeah, he's got his VW form and everything. Uh, that's coming out soon, actually. Oh, he's only got two credits as a director. He was an animator for a while. He directed Kubo into Two Strings and Bumblebee. Yeah, okay. All right. I wish that he had the, the original voice actor for, for Bumblebee. Well, apparently he doesn't talk, right, Bumblebee? Well, not in the movie. I'm talking about the voice from the cartoon. Oh. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. They don't, he doesn't talk in the movie. Okay. <laughs> what were you saying? No, 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 because in the movie he uses, like, he flips through the frequencies on the radios when he talks, doesn't he? Right, and you were saying you, you wish he had... I mean, instead of that, I wish he would just talk, like... Talk and have the original voice. Yeah, like they did with Megatron and Optimus Prime. Well, was it, was it Bumblebee Peter Parker? Yeah. But He's, he's not doing kid. anything. <sighs> so mean to him. Come on. You say I you love these guys, work. but you're so mean to him. How do you know he's not working? I know. <laughs> He's probably got his IMDB list longer than your body. <laughs> okay. All right, quick hits. <laughs> okay. You just get mean for no reason all of a sudden. I didn't mean I, I don't mean to be mean. I'm just saying it would be cool to have his the original voice doing the movie. Uh, he's not working. He's sitting on his ass doing nothing. Huh? <laughs> all right. Um, lightsaber talk. Lightsaber talk. Oh, <laughs> you. Sometimes you catch me by surprise. I kind of know why. <laughs> <laughs> Disney has filed a patent, get this, for a new lightsaber toy with a retractable saber blade. Now, we've seen, like, you know, the toy versions where it's like this plastic cone that shoots out. But apparently this is something that Disney says is going to be that's going to look just like how it would in the movies. If you go to geektyrant.com, they actually have the actual, like, working mechanisms. And the gist of it is it, it a strip pops out kind of like uh, like a tape measure, for example. And on the tape measure, they're going to have these LED lights. So it's not something you can be battling your buddy with. But for all intents and purposes, it's going to look cool when it pops out just like the real lightsaber. And then, you know go back inside just like a real lightsaber with sound effects and whatnot and they're saying that this is gonna be like like a premium kind of thing not not necessarily a toy right well my question was how rigid is it gonna be i don't know like um, i said if, if it looks cool just to you know flip it around and it looks like the real deal like if you're videotaping me and i hit the button and it looks like a real lightsaber just got deployed i'm down you're down all right I'm let me down. ask you this yeah What's the most you would pay for it, knowing it's a premium collectible item? A price, a price, a price. I will go up to three hundred. Three hundred, really? Yeah. Is that you? What? Oh, that's good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, if you're telling me I got a lightsaber in my hand that looks like it and it will deploy just like the movie, holy I'm getting it. Yeah. What? <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. I thought you were going to break it to blue moon. Bang, bang, bang. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> blue moon. Um, okay. Terrific. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So up, upwards of 300. So there you go. Uh, whoever's making this. two ninety nine ninety nine, and you got Alan. Sold. You got me. <laughs> you sold one of them. Right. Come on. And thankfully, finally, Alan. Yes. You have a list of um, holiday programming that's coming up. 
Yeah, there's a list of your favorite Christmas specials of this year. And I'm glad I you know I stumbled upon this website it's on share.com because I'm always wondering, like, you know, I, I always wanted to play it for my daughter, you know, these shows. I just never know when it's on. So I'm going to save you the trouble. Starting tomorrow, November 22, Thanksgiving Day, we have uh, The Wizard of Oz on TBS, uh, 6.30. All these times are Eastern time. Um, we have the 23rd this Friday, Frosty the Snowman, followed by Frosty Returns on CBS at 8 p.m. Santa Claus coming to Frosty Returns. What? Go ahead. How do you like Frosty Returns? That's mm. a cash grab. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Frosty selling out, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town on ABC at 8 p.m., so going right against it. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll be watching. Uh, Tuesday, the 27th, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, CBS, at 8 p.m. This is that Anna, uh, like, what would you call it? Stop, stop motion. motion. Stop Claymation, motion. right, I think? Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess so. It's definitely stop motion. Yeah. I'm cute. She thinks I'm cute. <laughs> Thursday, December 6th, a Charlie Brown Christmas, ABC at 8 p.m. December 8th, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, CBS, 8 p.m. And Frosty the Snowman, CBS, 9 p.m. That's as Rudolph far as I'm going to twice? I guess so. Huh. Yeah, that's right. That's I guess so. Rudolph's something New Year, which was another crash grab. Don't get me started. <laughs> God, don't be so Remember angry. that one, the New Year's one with baby New Year and father time? But yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do, I do. Okay. Cash grab. Cash grab. <laughs> That's going to be my new thing. In year two. <laughs> yeah. When we hit closer, deep into, deeper into December, I'll kind of share with what's coming up for next month. Okay. So that was just November, right? Yeah. And early December. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thus ends Quickets. And thus ends another episode of The Week in Geek. This is Alan signing off. And this is Jonathan saying, you stay classy wherever you are. The Nerd and Me podcast presents The Week in Geek with your anchors, Alan and Jonathan, with the five-day forecast, The Weather Wizard, and Casey Jones on sports. Good evening, this is Alan, and welcome to the Weekend Geek. Jonathan, what's going on in the geek world? Alan, believe it or not, the Venom movie has beaten Wonder Woman and Spider-Man Homecoming in the box office. I don't understand. <laughs> its worldwide take is $820 million. <laughs> this thing oh, might hit a billion dollars. The Venom movie might hit a billion dollars. Is it? Highest gross? No, it can't be highest grossing of the year. We just had a freaking no. Yeah. But this is insane, I, though. For Sony, it must be the highest gross. Yeah, eight hundred and twenty million dollars. <laughs> I. What's happening? Did we see the right movie? <laughs> I don't understand this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. And again, it's that we talked about it last time. The the international market's huge with this. It must be. I, I mean, God, I feel so much worse for Han Solo now. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, right? 
oh my God, I just can't. And we're going to get more. And the thing is, look, we, we both agree Venom's not a bad movie, but is it an $820 million movie? I don't think so. But because it made so much money, we're definitely getting sequels, and we're, they're definitely not going to try to make them better, because why? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but it, lo- it looks like they may be opening up, what is it, we read someplace, Sony op- uh, opened up like two release dates of, of unnamed movies, and the speculation is, is Mobius and Venom 2. Right, and well, they're all supposed to be doing a Craven movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and eventually, uh, you know, I guess after, at some point they're getting Spider-Man back. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Spider-Man property is never leaving Sony after something like this. Right, and and we, they never really told us the deal they had with Marvel. Because you got to think Spider-Man's been in three movies now. Well, he's going to be five by the end of next year. Yeah, and then that's it, huh? I don't know. We don't know. We don't know what the deal is. The thought is that Spider-Man's got three movies, at least. Three solo movies. Right. And we're actually assuming he's in... Avengers 4, he might just pop up in the end when they bring everybody back. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that might not count. Kind of like when Captain America was in Thor, when Loki turned into Captain America in, in Dark World. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, but anyway, Venom, Alan, almost a billion dollars. You know, when when, when we, I read these numbers, it makes me feel like I need to rewatch the movie again to see if I miss something. Yeah, I don't feel that way because I've... <laughs> I have a pretty decent memory of what I saw, and it was fine. It was yeah. I thought it was. We said it was entertaining. It was okay, yeah. but not eight gazillion dollars. Well, I didn't think the story was uber compelling, or that the action was was anything new, something I haven't seen before. Yeah, okay, I so I've asked you this question before: Is it a Venom thing, or is it a Tom Hardy thing? It's got to be a Venom thing because Tom Hardy movies haven't made this much money. Yeah, he's a good actor. <laughs> it's got to be a Venom thing, and, and then marketing it really, really well overseas. Mm. Yeah, I, to I make that kind of money is is more than just watching it once. So there's got to be something to that movie where you just feel compelled to, you know, watch it again and watch it again and watch it again. I mean, who knows? Yeah, and it's it's got legs. It's been out for over a month now, right? It came yeah. out in October, I think, right? Yeah, almost two months. And it's got legs. So. Hey, who do they uh, blame for the low ticket sales for Han Solo? Remember they were talking about, like, Russian hackers or something? That was Last Jedi hate. Oh, was it? Online. But <laughs> I, the thing about – this is the thing that Star Wars doesn't have that the Marvel movies have or what the superhero movies. Star Wars isn't big in China because they didn't grow up with the original trilogy. Yeah. So Star Wars doesn't mean as much to them as it does to us. Right. So Hansel opened really weak overseas. Right. And that was like, well, the open week here too. So it was just a combination of a lot of things. Right. The Hansel. That's yeah, you're right. Venom Venom's box office is the is the over I mean it's still doing well here. I guess. Yeah, it's currently at it earned, dude, it made twenty one point three million over this past weekend. You're at kidding. the foreign box office. Yeah. And that's with Creed two and uh was it what was the other cartoon that came out? Rick Wreck and Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. And well, those, those no, that was the foreign box office. Oh, okay. 1.3. So it's made 610 foreign, and what do we say, 822, so that's 678. So it's made 212 million in the States. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, you know, what do we know? <laughs> we just have a geek nothing, podcast. Nothing at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we might have to redo our Venom episode and say how great it is. <laughs> so the Venom people don't get mad at us. <laughs> I don't remember saying anything terrible about it. No. I mean, yeah. So it was, you know, yeah. It was good. Yeah. Good, not great. Yes, definitely not great. A billion dollars. Good, good. for you, Ben. Yeah, good for you, Ben. 
Star Wars Galaxy Alley. Holy smokes, I did not see this one coming, but apparently Star Wars has a show coming out that can be found on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel starting on November 30th. And basically what it is, if you go to StarWars.com, you can see they have a trailer. And what they have are basically um, movie shorts of the original movie. Well, when I say original movie, right, it's A New Hope, Empire, and... Uh, Return of the Jedi and these animated shorts with you know the dialogue from the movies and, and the sounds and stuff and let me tell you it looks fantastic and they said the reason why they're taking this route is because they're trying to get a, like a jumping on point for like the kids today you know for them to start off getting to the Star Wars universe and they're jump starting it with this particular franchise which is nice and they're saying that they're going with these shorts because that is kind of like how the social media content is today these short bits of video clips versus these full length things and they're trying to get like this younger generation into the Star Wars universe so check it out it does look really good but it's really interesting Jonathan that the fact that to get kids into the Star Wars universe they're doing the original trilogy. You know, they're using that, knowing that that's, in my opinion, like the better trilogy to start off with versus Phantom Menace. That's a really good point because John Carlos, who did the John Williams show with, with the Us, he grew up saying the prequels were his Star Wars. Right. And that's why he, he has a softer spot in his heart for them than we do. Like, he'll defend them up and down against me because I, you know, I think they're awful. <laughs> but it is weird that you're saying they're trying to get kids into Star Wars by making the which is weird to say but the original trilogy more kid friendly like animating it and stuff like that yeah and the animation looks awesome it does and so I wonder if this is like another way they're trying to say alright we get it Force Awakens Last Jedi might not be the things to get them involved well is it or, with um with J.J. Abrams movie I remember reading someplace they're alluding to that they were going to reference back to the original trilogy but not so much episode one two and three like they were kind of like distancing themselves from the prequels from the prequels yeah because there wasn't a, a lot of heavy reference back to the episodes one two and three in uh yeah. force awakens no no that's true well force awakens was just you know everybody says it's a star wars remake um, <laughs> yeah. and the last jedi was i don't know what it was but don't you think this is something i mean when i watched this trailer i said to myself self this is something I've been waiting for for a long time. I'm like, why do you think that for all this time they never did something like this, like a Luke Skywalker cartoon or Princess Leia, Han Solo, Chewbacca cartoon? You know, I mean, it seems like it's like the easiest jumping on point. Why do you think that they never really just fleshed out these characters until now? You're talking like decades later and they never even bothered to touch upon these things. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think about that a lot recently because the Clone Wars was the space between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And Rebels takes place after Sith and before New Hope. And now this Resistance cartoon, which, spoiler, is awful, takes place <laughs> between Return of the Jedi and, and The Force Awakens. It's like they're dancing around the main characters. like, And especially with Carrie Fisher gone and Han Solo dead in the universe now, why couldn't you do a cartoon with the original three? Why can't we see the what, what Luke... Hannah Leia were doing in between New Hope and Empire and Empire and Jedi and yeah. even, even after Jedi. Oh my gosh, know? wouldn't you want to know? Oh my god, I would love that cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I would love that cartoon. And I don't know why they're not doing that. It really seems like they're shifting the focus from the movies 
to TV, The Mandalorian is there. I think they're betting a lot on The Mandalorian. Mm. Oh, uh, okay. I see what you mean. So trying to build up that era for, for the Disney streaming service. Well, think about what they just did. They just canceled pretty much every movie in production except for, well, I don't know if they were in production, but you know, we were hearing, we were talking, if you look, listen to our shows from this year, we were talking a lot about a Boba Fett solo movie, a Ben Kenobi solo movie. They definitely squashed the Ben Boba Fett one. Mm-hmm. And they have, we haven't heard hide nor hair about the Ben Kenobi, which makes people think they're stepping away from the movies for a little bit. Right. Uh, again, Ryan Johnson is still writing his movies, and the Game of Thrones guys are still writing what they're writing. But And we speculate, too, these could just end up on their streaming service. Yeah. You know. So I don't know what they're doing with their movies. Uh, so I feel like they are t- putting a lot, a lot of more focus on the TV. And I think they really want The Mandalorian to be successful. And then you have the Cassian Andor one oh, yeah. also. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. The thing is, I would rather they do a hand Luke Leia cartoon than try to recast them with younger actors or something like that, you know, yeah. and do it. Even if they do a TV show, sure. I'd rather see a cartoon. I, I'm in one one thousand percent to do to, you know, to recast, let's say, a young Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, you know, that you're going to get mixed reactions, just like the movie Solo. Right. But to do it uh, in an animated form, I think that's a win to do to do it that way. You're, you're going to get away with it without being judgmental as to who the actor is. And and I feel the same way with Indiana Jones. You know, Harrison Ford's he's up there by the time this movie, you know, his movie comes out. You don't you want to kill the franchise with a bad yeah. movie. But if you were to take his movie in, in an animated form, well, his story and legacy lives on in a way that you, that's easier to swallow, you know, more acceptable. And there's a lot of Harrison Ford impersonators out there that can do the job pretty well. Sure. Yeah. And, so. and look, they, they've proven that their cartoons are better for the mythology, are better for the, the legacy of the movies than the, the new movies have been recently. If you look at Rebels and Clone Wars, everybody loves them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know this resistance thing is is not good, and I don't know why. But it's not to say I don't think I'm pretty sure it's not the same people that did Rebels and Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the guy that the real hardcore fans, ones that are complaining about the direction Disney's taking it. Dave Filoni, they want him to be running you know the show over Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. So. You know, give him a chance to do something with you if he wants to. You know, yeah. he might want but I don't no, know. but it looks good. Yeah, this cartoon thing. I saw the trailer right before we started broadcasting, and it looks really good. I like the little anime inspiration it mm-hmm. has. Looks very fresh. <laughs> it, it does, and it, it's it's funny you say fresh because it does look fresh, but it's it, it was hitting me in feels with the nostalgia of yeah. it. You know, the, this, of, of this the, one of looks the like lines they were using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, when they do the, the Kenobi Vader lightsaber battle, it might be a little bit more kinetic than the original one. <laughs> but they're going to use the dialogue, you know, yeah. and the sound clip. So, totally looking uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, do I have to subscribe to something? You said it's coming on YouTube's kids channel. Yeah, I'm not too sure what that is, if that's part of that YouTube red thing. But you know, we're going to find out in a couple of days. It's November 30th. Yeah. So let's see. Yeah. Yeah. That's like two days from now. All right. Yeah. Quick. Now, have you heard of a little game called Red Dead Redemption 2? I think so. <laughs> yeah, you and like a billion other people have. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Red Dead Redemption 2 has begun 
beta testing of their online whatever. It's a multiplayer thing. Multiplayer yeah. edition. Uh, you got to walk me through this because I don't know all this uh, <laughs> game stuff. The multiplayer, I'm reading from CBR. The multiplayer component will blend gameplay from the first game's multiplayer plus the experience experiences Rockstar has learned from previous games to create a deep multiplayer experience. As in GTA Online, players will make their own characters or custom abilities and roam the wilderness of the Wild West. Up to seven players can form a posse together to hunt, take on missions from characters in the game's story, search for treasure, and attack rival gangs. Even possible fight other posses in large-scale battles or open-world challenges. Over the course of the beta process, Rockstar will take feedback from players on how to shape Red Dead Online. The game will continue to grow over time with new content and updates, with this being the first step in a continuing expanding dynamic world. Uh, the mode can be selected by going to the online tab in the title menu. All right, so you told me you just bought this game and you're loving it. Holy crap. <laughs> so I, I, I played Red Dead Redemption 1. I, I mean, that's it's a big game in itself. I wasn't even close to getting 100% completion on that one. Uh, and so I was really hesitant to get the second one because of that. Uh, my coworker got it. He was raving about it. The, it's it's got ten over ten in in ratings of almost any like review site that you see. So I bought it. Again, I was reluctant. And dang it, I got sucked in. Sucked in <laughs> hard. Holy crap! It is such a good game. It's so deep. It is so detailed. The storyline is fantastic. And my coworker said he downloaded the beta uh, yesterday night. I got excited. I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna have our own posse, and then we got our <laughs> other friends to join on board. So it's it's really really cool. You know, I can't wait to rob banks and to, to take on <laughs> other groups and stuff. So uh, I am so freaking excited. Well, let me ask you this: with the online, a lot of the criticism I'm hearing with any online game is like they make you buy things now, like you're paying extra money for a certain level ups or whatever. Is that true? Um, with some games, so. I, you know, I haven't played Call of Duty in a while, but uh, I, I think one of the backlash that they're getting is that when you're buying games like Call of Duty, it is strictly for multiplayer. Right. And if you want to like buy clothing or they call them skins for your weapons, yeah, you're paying for that. And so if, if you're not the type of player that person that doesn't like multiplayer, then stay away from that game. It's just not for you. So it almost feels like to me, I don't know if it's really worth it, especially Call of Duty. I mean, it's essentially the same game that's been out for several years. It just looks different. Right. Uh, yeah, you, you know. are paying. Like like games like Fortnite, the money is into buying like clothing and things like that. But okay. it's, it sounds silly, but they're making they're making bank on this. Right. Stuff. Well, I, you know, I stated I don't have one of the newer systems, but. I, I almost bought one a weekend because of all this, the the Black Friday sales and all that, but I didn't. But what holds me back is like because I like the one player games. You know, Red Dead Redemption Two has a great single player storyline, right? Oh, it's deep and it's hours and it is really again. I was never. I'm not gonna. You know, I'll be honest. I was never a big fan of it. It's like you know, I play on weekends. I'm excited for Friday night to get on this stupid <laughs> game to to play it. You know, I'm yeah. like I'm dying to play it. It's such a good game. And, and See, I'm a guy like that was that. stuck on playing Rainbow Six Siege for like the last three years. So it's, right. it's found a game that pulled me away from it. Yeah, it's that one. The Spider-Man game's getting ridiculous reviews. Like those are the two reasons I would have jumped back in. I still my Christmas is coming. I might I might give myself something. Xbox for Christmas. Because yeah, I'll join I'll join your posse. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, man, it's gonna be we need a nerdy me posse. That's what we need to do. What do you have an Xbox? Xbox One. Yes. I have to buy an Xbox. All right. Go. Boom. Quick hit. Quick hit. 
Stallone. Uh, hit, hit me. Hit it. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. He he just posted something on Instagram about him really saying he's finally walking away from from the Rocky character. So. Well, it makes sense. I mean, the Rocket franchise started for how many years ago? You know, um, 77, 75. That was a long time ago. <laughs> 1975. I mean, that's 75 years. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice video. If you go to his Instagram account, it's like official Stallone or something like that. Um, basically, he's saying, you know, he, he thought he said his goodbye with what was that Balboa, movie? Rocky Balboa. Balboa. Yeah. Rocky and Balboa. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, with Creed coming out, he's he's basically saying, the story's changed. The story isn't about him anymore, and he, and he's okay with Michael B. Jordan, you know, taking on that role. It's it's like it's a new story. It's a Creed. What is his name in the movie? Creed Junior. Adonis Creed. Adonis. Yeah. Adonis Creed. Yeah. Adonis. I mean, he has his own problems, his own adventures, and it, it's time for him to move on. So it was it was nice to see something like that. But I mean, you know, will Sebastian Stone hang it up completely? Guy is seventy two years old, and I, what I understand is I think he's making another Rambo movie too. Yeah, he is making another Rambo movie. You know, if people are paying, he's going to keep making them. So yeah, why not? Guys, got to eat, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Life is tough. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, I saw Creed over the weekend, so I don't want to say anything because I know you haven't seen it yet. I do recommend you go see. I recommend our listeners go see it if they like the first Creed. It's really, I'll tell you what, Creed 2 reminds me of the classic Rocky movies more than Creed 1 did. Like, I liked Creed 1, but it was a lot different than the early Rocky movies. And this Creed 2 is new and fresh. It's not a retake or anything, but it definitely has that the feels of a Rocky 2, 3, or 4. Oh, wow. You know, like the okay. excitement, the exhilaration. I felt it, like the exhilaration and the excitement and the ups and downs of the story. And Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll so, say it. Uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is he really done? I mean, if someone comes by and also him a nice paycheck, you don't think he's going to do it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. D- d- did he write these these Creed movies? I think he wrote... I think Ryan Coogler wrote and directed the first one. Okay. And I think Stallone wrote or co-wrote this one. I know he did something on this one. I think at one point he was going to direct it, but he decided not to. Yeah. You know, I, I think his emphasis is basically saying, you know, Rocky, there's only so much a Rocky story you can tell, I guess, at this point. Well, yeah, the guy's 75. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, you know, the emphasis should be on Adonis Creed and, and versus him. You know, it's just a different generation. Yes. Um, Creed was written by Ryan Coogler. I think I think Stone got a credit on it because he created the characters. Mm, OK. Yeah, based on characters created by Sylvester Sloan, but the story and the screenplay is by Ryan Googler okay. and Aaron Covington. Well, to answer your question, yes, he will come back for a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Like, who wouldn't? Yeah, I think he would. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's so funny when everybody said they're not going to do something again. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I don't know, if he comes back for a uh, paycheck, do with that, you know what he's really doing, right? What? Cash grab. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm going to make it a thing in, in year two. Thanks. Cash grab. <laughs> okay. Quick hit. Quick hit. <laughs> <laughs> Alan. What? Enter the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Has a Rotten Tomato rating of... It's 100%. <laughs> I don't get this. How is it that a movie gets these high ratings before a movie comes out? Well, it's got... I mean, because they, they let the critics see it first a lot of times. And then they'll do their ratings. This movie's coming out like December, isn't it? Dude, it's oh, December on holy Saturday. Smoke. It's going to be December this week. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm um, so lost. You're so funny. 
Wow. You're so excited to play Red Dead Redemption. You don't know what year it is. I mean, I what, what, what month it is. Yeah, so it's getting 100%, 8.8 out of 10 out of 37 reviews. So take that with a grain of salt. Okay. It's 37 reviews, but they've already announced there's going to be a sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, and there's also going to be a spinoff movie with a female lead, which I'm going to assume to be Gwenpool. Not Gwenpool, der. <laughs> Spider-Gwen. Right. You gonna go see? Are we going to go see this? We're not. Yeah. I think we're probably... Yeah. Are we doing a show on this? No, right? Mm, no. Maybe? Oh. No. Well, right. I don't know. If it's dude, if it's 100%, this is something yeah. that... <laughs> I mean, if we see it, it's super good show. Yeah, yeah. Well, why not? Yeah, I mean, it looks good. I, I'm not a big fan. I was never a big fan of Miles Morales. He came from the Ultimate Universe. Mm-hmm. But it's got shades of Spider-Geddon because it's got all these other Spider-Mans. First of all, Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham is in this. <laughs> So you had me at Peter Porker. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Okay. We're good. We're good. You have more video game news or movie <laughs> or, or both. <laughs> if you guys are into Gears of War, they are making a movie and they've been talking about this for a while and they finally got a writer. The guy's name is F. Scott Frazier. His best work known for Triple uh, X Return of Xander Cage. Who was that? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Yeah, so no one saw that movie. <laughs> but they got they got a writer for it, and I guess everything else is going to start falling into place. The actor that they're trying to get is uh, Dave Bautista, who I think is a well. That's a brilliant move. They get the guy basically is Marcus Phoenix, and the guy looks exactly like him. So well, we'll see what happens. I know he wants to play the role, so hopefully it pans out for him. Oh, do you know you're talking about Gears of War? I, I was thinking God of War. Oh, that's a good movie, too. I mean, that's a good game also. Yeah, because he would be good for that guy, too. Like Kratos or whatever his name is. Crane, what was oh, his name? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's a big yeah. he's a big dude. Because he's not going to be in no Guardians of the Galaxy movie anymore, apparently. Yeah, I think you might still see him in three. Oh, I thought I thought he said he's, if James Gunn's out, he's out. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, pay I think he, I think he was being emotional. <laughs> Cash grab. <laughs> yeah, he, he just might have been speaking emotionally. Right. Okay. And not like uh, his agent called, uh, you have a contract and <laughs> you don't want to be in breach of contract. <laughs> right. All right. Anyway, All right. So. Cool. So Gears of War, you played that because I know you played God of War, but did you play Gears of War? I sure did. That's more One like and two is, game, right? What was that? Yeah, it's like a Halo type game. You're like a Marine or something. Is it like a Halo type? No, it's, it's, it's different. I would say it's different. Yeah, that was a great game. Gears of War. Oh, like I said, uh, Gears of War 1 and 2, very good. I was a lukewarm on Gears of War 3, and you know, I haven't really played anything since then. Okay. Check it out. Nah, but okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, quick hit. Quick hit. All right, Alan, The Walking Dead mid-season finale aired this past Sunday, mm-hmm. and it featured a rather high-profile death. I'm not going to say who it is, but the ratings came out, and it's the lowest mid-season finale on The Walking Dead ever, even lower than season two, mid-season finale. And apparently season two is our our measuring stick for bad ratings because like season two is universally known as like a really bad season. So yeah, Walking Dead on the way out. Wait, I, really? I thought like the, like the second season was like the that's that second part people were looking forward to. What do you, the second season? Yeah. No, that's when you Oh, I'm sorry, second half season. of the season. That's what I meant. Right. No, but yeah, the, the episode this year was a mid-season finale. It'll be back in February mm, for this ninth season. Yeah. So, Walking Dead on the way out, you think? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
they're going to do Rick Grime movies. They still have Fear the Walking Dead. I'm pretty sure they want to spin off another show. Yeah, I just think the age of zombies might be over. Oh, wait, you watch Fear, don't you? I do. I like. I I stopped for a year. Mm-hmm. I watched the first season. I stopped the second season. I came back. I, I think this is the third season. But I came back, and what they basically did was got rid of all the original cast and just recast it and kind of refocused what the show is. Oh, you're kidding! Morgan, Morgan came from The Walking Dead and is now on Fear the Walking Dead, and they got some great actors. They got like uh, Jenna Elfman's on it now. They have um, Maggie Grace and uh, Garrett Dillahunt, who I really like. He's a good actor. And Morgan. And th- this past season was really good, ah. I thought. So I, I, I kinda, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to Fear the Walking Dead coming back more than I am The Walking Dead. That's crazy. I had no idea they recasted like the original cast. Yeah, there is only two people. There's only two people from the original cast left. Oh, that's nuts. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and it's better that way, you think? I think so. I okay, think the way they, cool. they switched it up and all that is, is better. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Alan, in honor of Stan Lee, Netflix has made it so that if you enter the word Excelsior into their search parameters, all the Marvel movies will come up. How cool is that? That's very cool. It's a nice little tribute. Yeah. Unfortunately, Netflix doesn't have a lot of Marvel things. But <laughs> <laughs> so they have some of the newer movies. And they're, we said last week they're getting Infinity War, December 20 something, right? Uh, 25th, I think. Oh, okay. Have yeah. a Merry Christmas. Yeah. I mean, at least for yes. now, they can, they're probably going to figure out any way they can get someone to watch uh, Netflix at this point for their Marvel content. Yeah, because, I mean, their original stuff is pretty good. But, yeah, if you have Netflix and you're jonesing for... I know they've had Doctor Strange and Black Panther on there for a while now. And Ragnarok, I think, just came off. Oh, did it? Yeah, I think so. It was on there for a while. Yeah, if you have Netflix and you're jonesing for some Marvel content, enter Excelsior into the... Um, search bar and you'll find a, probably not just Marvel movies probably any Marvel content I would think all yeah. their shows and stuff yeah now, I haven't tried to tell you the truth <laughs> no it's frankly it's easy to spell Marvel in this Excelsior <laughs> yeah I know right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a good all one. right all right and finally wicked wicked Hugh Jackman today is Wednesday the 28th he's making a, he's saying it's a huge announcement on the Today Show at like 8 o'clock in the morning tomorrow, Thursday the 29th. So by the time you hear this, the announcement should be out, but I thought it'd be fun if you and I speculate a little bit about what the announcement could be. Okay. What do you think? You go first. I think, I mean, what I really, really wanted to be Okay. is him introducing the Avengers 4 trailer, and why is he in it? Because he's in it. Can he? (laughs) At this point? Oh, I don't know. For all the legal stuff, you mean? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. See, you just ruined it for (laughs) me. Sorry. Just give it to the lawyers to ruin everything. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't know what it could be. Unless it's something stupid like Greatest Showman Part 2. Which isn't fair because I really I like I like the songs in the movie. I don't think the movie's that great, but I like the music. All right. My my Uh, guess, he's going to do something with Deadpool. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Because they've never been on screen together. Right. Yeah. 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 There you go. Boom. No, they have. What? Wolverine Origins. Oh, that. Well, that doesn't count. They were on screen together. I know. That was terrible. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I was thinking when I came with the Avengers thing, I'm thinking like, well, what does everybody want? And I just kept thinking everybody wants Sam as Wolverine in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And or or like, maybe him wearing that 
original Wolverine costume. Right. And but yours makes even more sense. Him mm. him and Deadpool doing a movie or something yeah. together. Maybe. That would be awesome too. Oh yeah, to to promote the Deadpool two re release. Yeah, maybe. Oh may or well, yeah. Okay. I don't know. But well, we'll find out. When is like this dropping? Tomorrow, Thursday, November 29th on the Today Show at 8 o'clock. Okay. Yeah, I guess, uh, I hope it's not something stupid like, I'm playing Tony in West Side Story. You're <laughs> 50 years old. How are you going to play a teenager? <laughs> anyway, I hope it's not something silly like that. Nice. Right. And Alan, and quick hits. Oh, but you also uh, have a serial review, don't you? I do. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, you got it. So, Alan, if you listened to last week's The Week in Geek, which I hope you did, you'll remember that we reported that the cereal monsters, uh, Count Chocolate, Blueberry, and Frankenberry, uh, General Mills was shopping them out, trying to find creators to come up with some kind of storyline for them to put into cartoons or movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, while we were discussing that, we discovered, well, two things were discovered. First thing we discovered was that I had never had Blueberry cereal before. Because my mother never bought it for me. Mother. Uh, right. <laughs> nice. And as I was explaining to you why I thought my mother never bought it for me, and, and I'll tell you right now why, I was a picky either. Like, her buying something to me, like taking a little nibble of it and like, oh, I don't want this. So I think the, the fear was she's not going to buy a whole box of cereal for me to taste it and be like, I don't like this. Oh, know? okay. I gotcha. So, but while I was trying to come up with that reasoning... It suddenly hit me at the age, the young age of 46, that I'm an adult and I can <laughs> buy blueberry cereal whenever I want. What a big boy. It was so bizarre. I, like, it literally hit me. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I have my own money. I got my own car. I can buy blueberry. So uh, I did that and I bought blueberry cereal. And? And I had it. And it's very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why your mom didn't want you to have it. Probably, and, and you know, I, I've I spent the past, you know, whatever ten years eating honey bunches of oats, pretty much, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was very sweet, very tasty. I really enjoyed it. There you go. And it turned my milk blue, which was awesome because it reminded me of being Luke Skywalker on Tatooine. <laughs> Remember, it's blue milk, not the green milk that he milked himself in the Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, it's what you think a blueberry cereal would taste like. I, I guess they're trying to go for a blueberry flavor. Yeah. I don't know if they succeeded, but I'm not complaining. Uh, <laughs> the best part was it was on sale for $1.50 for the box. Wow, that's cheap so like, cereal. I was like, I know. I was like, I have to buy it. <laughs> I what was the expiration on that? 1982? Oh, that's funny. No, I almost bought the other two also. I'm like, geez, it's only buck fifty a box. Might as well. But I did. Yeah. I left uh, Count Chocolate and Frankenberry up there. All right. Uh, yes, but <laughs> Blueberry was delicious. Oh, that, that's a great serial review. We should do that. Serial reviews. Yeah, I'm going to have to yell at my mom. <laughs> Why are you deprived? <laughs> All right. Very good. All right, Alan, thus ends the serial update. Thus ends <laughs> this episode of The Week in Geek. This is Alan signing off. And this is Jonathan saying, you stay classy wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs>